Hello and welcome to Deep Shots. Today on the podcast, we discuss the life and career of Sean Connery. Hope you enjoy. Podcast starting in 3, 2, 1. What's in the box? What's in the suitcase? What's in the box? Deep Shots. Hey everybody, welcome to Deep Shots. Yes. There it is. Yes. Um, yes. So, uh, we're back. We're back. It was like, what, four days? Two yeah. two episodes in a week. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. How was your Halloween? Uh, it was it was good. Good, you know. Kids uh, got out. You know, we were a little skeptical that there were going to be, uh, you know, houses with lights on, handing out candy, what have you. Most of them had their, their candy out front on their driveways or in baskets and stuff. But it went well. Kids had fun. You know, it was just a little... Uh, a little less people involved than normal for us, but uh, it was good. How about you? Did you feel any COVID danger? Um, you know, I my, I was a little weirded out when it, the people with my kids going to doors with people not wearing masks and stuff like that. But you know, they're outside. I think I think the danger was minimal. You know, there was no. The guy down the street who normally invited the kids in and took them down to the basement, he didn't do that. No, I'm joking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, no, I mean, it, for the most part, I, I was I was cool with it. And, you know, everyone obviously walking down the streets, it was no issue, you know, keeping social distance in my neighborhood. It's not like it's a, uh, you know, highly populated area where, you know, you got a lot of people running around. Here in the western New York area, I can't believe... That we actually had a Halloween without rain. Yeah, it was the first it was time. It was first, away. it was the first time in like, and it was super effing cold. But it's first time in I can remember in like four or five years where I didn't have to, like, put the kids in rain boots right. or bring an umbrella or something. Yeah, what a nice change that was. Just yeah, being able was... to hang out outside without being wet. And yeah, my kids came home with so much more candy this year. Really? I mean, like my son had a backpack full of candy to well I, yeah i think there were so many people that were just like putting buckets out that were like yeah just take a handful go yeah. go at it and uh see i but i remember when i was a kid like i i'd go with a pillowcase mm-hmm. and i would i wouldn't fill that pillowcase but it was yeah like at least half full yeah and that seems like a lot less candy than what my kids brought home the last couple of years but they're excited about it so yeah who gives a fuck they're yeah. cool yeah yeah I think the difference too is when I was uh, when I was trick or treating, the candy size was like two bites. Yeah. Now they're these little minis. Like yeah. I feel like they're getting gypped. Like they should get more. Yeah, but also the, the quality of candy is a lot higher these days too. You, you think? Know? Yeah. Well, you know, you how many that? times did you have those orange and brown wrapped pieces of dog shit? You know uh, that were uh, yeah. they were peanut butter or whatever. You know people cheap cheap out a lot of people gave out pennies and stuff like yeah, that that's where i was gonna go yeah that five cents of five pennies wrapped yeah. in cellophane and like, like or the people bubba. that would do the like the hubba bubba or the, not the hubba bubba but the double bubble or whatever yeah, that was bazooka. like bazooka you know yeah. but yeah. You know, now most people are like like the worst candy you're gonna get is like a mounds you know mounds isn't bad why are you saying that? mounds is pretty fucking terrible Oh, man. it's just I like mounds and almond joy almond joy is good because at least you had got a nut in there you put an almond on it, it changes the whole <laughs> yeah. dynamic okay all right um what did your kids go as did they go uh, as anything good 
Yeah, my I mean, obviously my youngest my youngest son Nick was uh was Iron Man. He had pretty good get up for Iron Man. He had like a padded uh costume with a with a cool mask for Iron Man. And then Owen was Chewbacca. Oh wow. Star Wars all around. Yeah. Star, oh, Star Wars all around. Oh no, Iron Man. Sorry. Yeah. It's a little uh, late. Both the Disney characters, I guess. Both Disney um, Plus characters. Uh, but no, in the my uh Owen uh borrowed John Francis's like he had the, he has these like really cool Chewbacca pajamas so they were like super warm and that's what he wore and then he, we had the we have the Chewbacca mask that went viral a couple years ago with that from Step Brothers that Chewbacca mask I, I, no, I don't remember the one in Step at Brothers. the end where um, C Riley has like the official Chewbacca mask from the movie and then Will whips out his and it's like a knockoff. And he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm still okay without my real Chewbacca wow. mask. I love Step Brothers. I don't remember that. Oh, my God. It's like the best part. It's right at the end when they're, like, beating up the kids in the playground. Hmm. Now, this is, this is like a plastic one where the, when the, in the, if you move the jaw, it goes like... <laughs> I beat you on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, uh, that, that, was, that was good. You know, happy to, happy to see Star Wars out there. I'm a Star Wars nerd. Yeah, I have to say this. I watched Empire... Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi last week. Those movies are so fucking good compared to the garbage that is out. I mean, it's just night and day. That's another podcast. Yeah. Um, so my I'm, I'm, my oldest is, I think, is starting to turn a leaf, right? Before he was all about very creative costumes. This year he um, went as a snowboarder. <laughs> Which <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all right, you're starting to... Yeah get away from the yeah the world. worst is when you they like just throw on one of their baseball hats and go i'm a baseball player right yeah. I, I, remember those days. <laughs> I, I had a bulls coat so i went out as a bulls fan yeah, yeah. um my uh my daughter went out as the king uh king george from hamilton mm. and uh she looked adorable had little buckles on her, she, on Did her she, was she like singing the songs too like yeah You'll i be think back. they just replay in her head constantly i yeah. don't think there's anything she needs to do it just <laughs> When she's not talking, she's singing Hamilton. Yeah. And then my youngest, he went out as uh, a red stormtrooper, who I think is one of the elites. How awesome is it that King George? Yes. And also, uh, uh, not Olaf. Well, what's the other guy's name from Frozen? The the dude. Not Olaf. Uh, uh, Hans? Hans. No, no. Yeah, there's Hans. Yeah, there's uh, Hans the good guy. The good. The good guy in Frozen. The guy that has this weird relationship with that moose or yeah, elk, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the same guy as King George, but yes. also the the guy who's in Mindhunter. The, the you know the lead. Yes, which <laughs> is its own podcast because that is an incredible show. Yeah, an incredible show. But yeah, yes. just kind of like polar. He's very diverse. And he's very weird, and I mean, he, you know, he's good. The good guy in Mindhunter, but he's you know he's he's a little uh, deviant. You know, he's got some deviance in his brain. He does? Well, you know, that he, he enjoys getting into the brains of, you know, of the serial killers. Yeah. Not that he wants to act it out, but they're, they're kind of hinted that he's like, yeah, maybe a little too into it. Really? Yeah. I didn't get that impression. I, I guess I, he's just young and naive and yeah. excited by his craft, I guess. So that's the way I interpret it. Not I necessarily that he... Groff. I, Jonathan Groff. That's his name. He's a good dude. Yes. Yes. But uh, and what was say, what was Tommy? Yeah, Red Stormtrooper. Oh, a Red Stormtrooper. Yeah, so like an elite stormtrooper that was red. Was there Red Stormtroopers in the in the movies in the in, yeah, the, in the somewhere in some canon? I bet you in the Clone Wars. Hmm. 
they're probably like a special. I remember the blacks, the black like Tie Fighter stormtrooper dudes. So the black guys are pilots. Yeah. The white ones are like your infantry. The red ones, I think, are guardian guys. Well, I remember the like the emperor had like there was red guards. That's Imperial but, guard. That's a yeah. whole other story. Yeah. Yeah, and then there was uh, Snoke who had. Um, his guards yeah, too. Yeah, they were like red too. Or yeah. the worst choreographed fighting scene of all time. Oh, that was pretty good. That's no, pretty it's good not. Scene. Slow it down. It's ridiculous. <laughs> they are off. It's brutal. It's pretty good. It's horrible. Pretty good scene. No, it's not. Hmm. Uh, but today for us um, was a big recovery day. We um, enjoyed some adult beverages and some adult company yesterday while the kids were counting their candy and stuff. So today was a nice recovery day. And we took you up. I... I Looked at that show that you recommended on the last podcast, uh, Ted Lasso. Lasso. I'm so bad with names. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. So you watch you watch five episodes of it and you still don't know the name of the main character. Yeah. yeah. So great. That that shows you how good I am with names. Um, incredible. So far, I'm so addicted to the show. I actually, after this podcast, will watch the rest of the season yeah. because I'm so. In love with this character and how sweet he is and how, you know, he's not, by any means, not a pushover. He's yeah. just very genuine and comfortable with who he is, I yeah. guess is the best the, way to the, put it. And it's just fun to watch. The two things that struck me about it was, and I think I mentioned briefly this last week, is one, again, this is a show that was born out of an advertising campaign for the English Premier League. And... How bad of an idea that was. Yeah. And yet it it works. But also, it, I mean, if you go through and watch the YouTubes of, of, of those actual commercials, they changed him. You know, he was more of just kind of like the stereotypical football coach, right. you know, like in the in the commercials. And they, they changed him and obviously gave him this heart that mm-hmm. doesn't exist in the commercials. And, you know... Well, it's Sudeikis, right? Yeah. Sudeikis is the one that writes all this shit. So uh, he's yeah. The one, yeah. He's the one that kind of took it and ran with it. Yeah. And, um, the, but the other part was, is I thought, I, I, I was shocked that they gave up kind of the ghost in that first episode. And, um, gave up the ghost. Well, you know, I thought it was just going to be, oh, yeah, he, you know, he's, he, you know, he was, well known had taken whatever division two Wichita State to the championship yeah. and you know it was going to be kind of like a major league thing like you know exactly. wh- where the owner wants to drive the team into the ground and that's why they hired him, but you know they hit you in the gut at the very end of that first episode with finding out that yeah well he's also he's got a reason to be there too is that you know he's trying to give his wife some space, and it's just like yeah oh man you know and it's just. You just feel for the dude immediately. It's amazing how well the story is told in 30 minutes. Yeah. I don't even know if it's 30 minutes. I mean, it's you get the breath of how good he is with his assistant coach, mm-hmm. how close they are. Yep. Um, even though he doesn't talk that he much. He doesn't but talk that much, but they, you can tell they have each other's back. Coach Beard. Uh, his interaction with that Nathan guy and how yeah. empowering he is to this, this mm. kid. And, and you can just see the writing on the wall that this kid's just going to grow over the season. And yeah. Even the um, uh, owner, right? Yeah. You, you. At first, you kind of have this idea that she's just gonna be this cold bitch, cold bitch. But really, she has an interesting dynamic that they're able to explore and give it to you in the, that amount yeah. of time. I mean, it's just excellent writing and excellent storytelling, and I can't wait to have a podcast on it. Really dive into it. Yeah. Um, 
just like we did with Dark and how wonderful that was. <laughs> the introspectiveness of that show and this show, I think... I'm hooked. I'm gonna. I'm gonna watch. It's it. great. Yeah, I watched it all in in one weekend. I think I watched like the first episode on a Saturday night, and then I blitzed through the rest of it all on a Sunday. And yeah. it's again, I I'm just blown away at how. I mean, I think it it just caught me so off guard that it it gets just extra points for for surprising me so so much. Yeah, you know what else is um, strange for me. And this is at, it, with the streaming services. Apple, for whatever reason, is always my last option. For whatever reason, Apple sitting in there, it's like having Big Brother sitting in there. Hmm. Like, hey, I want to be a streaming service too. <laughs> yeah. Well, they don't have, I mean, and they don't have as much content either. But... No, no argument. But I just don't like Prime, Netflix, Disney Plus, for, and Disney doesn't hmm. make any sense in all of this too. But. For whatever reason, those three are kind of like acceptable in my room. I'm almost ashamed to be looking at Apple stuff hmm. for some reason. Maybe See, because uh, they're so big and so yeah. I mean, I mean, everywhere. Do you, do you do you? I mean, do you just browse? Go like, ah, I'm gonna watch something, and I'm gonna go to Netflix and just find something. I do because that's not how I work. But go ahead. Um, so I do and I don't. So inevitably, if I just end up browsing, I will end up in a documentary. Mm. Um, I'll just go, wow, this murder in Cleveland, or in Erie, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. There was this um, wacky document. I, I normally gravitate towards a documentary if I'm just browsing. Um, I use you, quite honestly, yeah. as my like buffer, because yeah. I am not as open-minded. Like I said before in another podcast, I'm sure I've repeated it a couple times, is that I will defer to something I'm comfortable with and that I know mm -hmm. versus kind of making an, Making an investment into something new. Yeah, right? Because a lot of times, too, is um, I just throw the show on as kind of background noise. So I like to read a lot. Mm -hmm. I, I, so I'll read with like a show that I've had on before. Um, uh, I can understand, I guess, that, again, if you're going to read... If you're if you're if you've watched something before to read to it, but it's, it's weird, right? I mean, I just have it to have some kind of noise in the background now. But I'm that's not that's not to say that I don't put headphones on and listen to music when I do it too. But so for some reason, maybe with the lights, I mm -hmm. don't know. Not mm -hmm. it's just a bizarre thing. But you're way more open minded to go. Hmm, I'm gonna give this a shot, mm -hmm. and I'm so much more afraid of the dark stuff where. I invest a ton of time and then it falls flat on its face. Mm -hmm. um, Lost to me did that, right? Mm -hmm. Lost, I invested a ton of time and it kind of just died. Star Wars is now, I've invested a lot of time in the movies and it's kind of died on me. And, and it's just, I don't know. I still want those shows that make an impact on me mm -hmm. and entertain me. And I'm just scared shitless of taking the dive. Yeah, and so getting back... Scared shitless is a little... I mean, no. I mean the context of entertainment <laughs> yeah. shows, I mean... Yeah, no, I, I get that. I just, you know, I I follow just a ton of uh, critics and, you know, entertainment writers on Twitter, and that's where I usually get my recommendations from. So I, I never end up surfing either, but I... So I'll just like, oh, I, I hear about Ted Lasso. Where's that? Apple? Fine. Cool, I got that. You know, yeah. what we do in the shadows. Cool. It's on Hulu. I got that. 
right. you know, I, I just, I, I, but I, I, you know, I subscribe to enough of these that I really don't have to worry about where it is typically. Um, Are but, you quick to judge though? Like, I don't feel like you're quick to judge, right? I will give, I can't, once I'm three episodes in, if it's not a hook, I'm going to jump. See, I, so here's here's one. I, I mean, I am kind of quick to judge, but I'm also like a completist. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I had a show recommended to me, and I'd heard a little bit about it, um, The Expanse. It's on Amazon. I think it started on Sci-Fi, but now then Amazon picked it up. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, a space story. It's science fiction yeah. You know, it's Mars and the United or Mars and Earth are at odds and uh, over mining shit. And I watched the first season and I was okay with it. I started watching the second season and I was like, I'm out. And it really like I it I watched like this and I I couldn't. That was it was real. The second season was so bad to me that I, I couldn't finish the second season and it like hurt me um, like that I couldn't that I didn't I, I like I needed to at least finish the second season but I didn't and that was that was like a rare instance for me but the other one I, I heard so many people talking about Yellowstone yeah Yellowstone like it's on that. and well it's on Peacock well, but it's also been on the Paramount Network or oh. something it's Kevin Costner it's and it you know, I really liked the first couple of episodes, and I thought it was pretty cool. And then, like, I started to get this vibe, and I couldn't figure it out what was bothering me about it. And it was just that so much shit was happening in every episode. Like, a dude, his wife uh, got amnesia and forgot who he was. And then in that same episode, um, the dude... Uh, happened to be walking by as a meth lab blew up and he had to kill the guy. And then another dude w- had a bear uh, chase him. And he, it, it was like, there's so much going on. This, this is not real life. And, and what it reminded me of, and, and again, you'll probably love it, but it was like Sons of Anarchy in Montana. Yeah, so I was at, when you were talking, that's what I was thinking of, is that Sons of Anarchy lost me in the final season because it was just overwhelming with the amount of violence number one so many people dying yeah exactly and then this i don't know it just seems on those shows in particular where it's you know a gang of bikers or a elite group of police officers uh, or like um what was that show with the marshal justified Uh, justified right where they can't it's like they can't get enough of having multiple endings in a season that's mm. the final season. And, it, and Sons of Anarchy fell into that trap where if you took all the seasons and took, okay, in the first season, 20 people died. In the next season, oh, 30 yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They in the had... final season, they're like 450 people yeah. dead. Yeah. Yet no, no, nobody's doing anything yeah. about it. Like, it just seems like the fantasy just overwhelms the writers. And yeah. they just... Um, and it, it's difficult. I get it. But Breaking but, Bad did a nice job of kind of controlling. Yeah. Right? Because he went into a cabin in Maine or some shit at the end, right? Yeah. And okay, that, so to me, that makes sense. You lay low for a couple of years and um, it's not sexy. Mm-hmm. I mean, they tried their hardest to make it sexy there at 
the final 15 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. But there wasn't this scenario of multiple endings over and over and over. So, yeah, and but what I was what I was getting to was I had to give up on Yellowstone after one season, and like that again that pains me. But at least I finished the season, yeah. you know. And so I I do I, I'm precious with my time. Like you know, I have a list of shows that I that I've completed, and the you know these are the ones I've you know not. And so I'm. I, but yeah, like I said, I, I usually make a list. I go I go to the streaming service and I watch it. I, I'm not I, I don't spend much time um, looking, uh, lo, you know, searching because I, I get enough recommendations from Twitter and podcasts alike. So yeah, it's interesting that you can do you can go about it any way you really want to now. And I think we had hit on this before where you're in control so much more of these we were talking about whether or not streaming services should dump everything out or go, or episode, go episode, episode to episode but when i was young and you know i had to wait for that episode of gilligan's island or whatever rerun i guess yes. <laughs> maybe that's a bad example so cheers yeah um or cosby show right you had to wait that month that week and People were sitting in front of their TVs, and yeah. it just that doesn't. And yeah, and you had something to talk about the next day at school or work or whatever. But uh, speaking of week to week, and a, a series, a season, or a show that does that just came out, came back. Mandalorian. Did you, you watch the first season? Right. I did. I did. Did you watch? Did you watch the? There's a new Mandalorian episode out. Did you watch it? I didn't. Um, so I'm gonna wait till I can watch multiple ones at one <laughs> shot. So you don't you don't buy into what I'm what I'm selling at all that no. you know. Look, I I love entertainment. I love TV. I love movies. I have a buddy that I sit down with <laughs> and I do exactly what you're saying. We plot and plan and yeah. and um I don't, that's good enough for me. I don't need to go to work and sit hmm. by the water cooler and go, hey, did you did you watch Jr. get shot? Oh, crazy. Oh. I don't need that. It was an interesting thing that happened. I do that with sports. There you was do a... that with sports. We yeah. do that with sports. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, wait, did you watch Verlander throw that no-hitter yesterday? No, that did not happen. I mean, it happened a couple years ago. Yeah, okay. Let's not forget he was a Detroit yeah. Tiger. But yeah, so Mandalorian was another solid start to the second season. I'll let you, uh, maybe we'll talk about it on a future episode. Yeah, I mean, and Favreau seems like he can't do much wrong. He has his shit together on a lot of these stories and protecting. They, they definitely have found the right balance with that show in that it's campy. Mm -hmm. um, it's got humor. Yet it's you know serious. Obviously, Mando tells no jokes. I mean, that dude is just like Yoda tells some jokes. Yeah, Baby Yoda tells some jokes. Yeah, um, but. Um, yeah, tells jokes. Yeah, no, he, he closes he, his little yeah, crib or whatever the hell that is. Yeah, uh, but it, it they there there was a couple of things that were kind of off on this new one, but I but I loved it. I mean, Just, think about you know twenty ten years ago, they couldn't do Mandalorian. They needed CGI to progress to the point where you could do all the spaceship and you know it just it's kind of a cool time and. The CGI has progressed to the point now where it's no bullshit, right? It's a legitimate character within these. I mm -hmm. mean, there was like Jurassic, first Jurassic Park and 
a couple mm-hmm. of those movies in the beginning where you were like, what the fuck? Like, seriously? My Xbox produces better shit than this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so today we, um, we were bummed out to hear that one of the most iconic actors probably ever, right? I mean, he's, he's had some incredible roles. Um, passed away on Halloween. Sean, Sir Sean Connery at the ripe old age of ninety. Ninety. Yeah, um, it kind of it struck me. Uh, again, it, he, you know, I, I guess I didn't realize he was ninety. Right. Um, but when he when he died, he is just one of those one of those guys that you just kind of felt was invincible or you know almost immortal. You know, like and and he, you know he'll always live on due to the 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 work he left behind. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, just it just it was kind of like whoa, that dude died. Like it just it yeah. was just kind of it wasn't supposed to happen, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, he, there is this weird entertainment dichotomy where, like, when Michael Jackson died, I didn't want him to die, but I was like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. He he died. All mm-hmm. right, he he, was he wasn't gonna live forever. He was a weirdo. The like Sean Connery dying just seems really weird to me. Like I. I mean, I know he was going to, but yeah. you're right. There's some kind of weird feeling after it. Yeah, and, and it's not like he. I mean, he 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 wasn't a superhero, but you know, played Bond. Who so you think of him as somewhat indestructible? I guess. Um, yeah, is he like the first real action hero? That's a good question. I was uh, thinking about this. I don't have I mean, anybody. I mean, James Bond kind of took uh, movies by storm, right? In this. Action. I mean, if you look at I guess the original, the early ones, Doctor No, Goldfinger, and compare them to what we're doing today, it's it's night and day. Yeah, but uh, um, but I guess you're right. Yeah, like there's not. Is there is there even sequels before Bond? I don't know. I mean, I mean, I guess probably there's some Abbott and Costello shit that built on each other. But yeah, and I wonder if there isn't like Greek mythology sequels, right? Like I don't know. Mm-mm. Homer, Odyssey, and all that other shit, but but um, yeah, he might, he might be our first action star. Yeah. So, and I read a, a little bit about him, and that he was a bodybuilder, and that that's hmm. he'd never thought about acting. He was very similar. Like when when I read it, I was like, man, this reminds me of like the Arnold Schwarzeneggers or the um, I'm gonna say the Rock, Dwayne Johnsons of the mm-hmm. world of you know, obviously a big sex symbol. Um, to me, his voice was so iconic, and and just some of the movies that he was in, I, I just are we going to do bad impressions? No, uh, I'm <laughs> fighting the urge. I'm not, <laughs> not doing it. Um, but just uh, what a presence on the screen um, when he was young and when he was old and in yeah. between, it was just real loss and for 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 the art world, but uh, left such a beautiful array of. Um, Interesting films. Yeah, and uh, you know, I th- I think there is some uh, there is some troublesome parts to to him uh, as well. You know, there was personally uh, personally, you know, accusations of domestic abuse and uh, was he getting beat up by a girl? No. Oh. Um, and you know, if you watch some of those early Bond movies, uh, you know, I don't know how much of that is him and how much of uh, how much of that is is what was written on the page, but uh, some troublesome uh, stuff there in those Bond movies, uh, like you know, slapping stars, slapping women and yeah, misogynistic, type yeah, stuff. yeah, and 
you know, culture. Different times, right? Yeah, different, different times. times. But, uh, but yeah, in all in all, um, you know, with what the art that he left us uh, to, to remember and buy, yeah, you definitely have to uh, uh, tip your cap to. Now, there's only a few artists, and I guess I'm using artists as an... I think that acting and being in movies is an art. So there's only a few that have that sustainability like a Sean Connery, right? There's only one other one that I really th- can think of that's still alive, that's hitting that age that just has such a bankroll of movies is Clint Eastwood. I, I can't think of anybody else that has, from the 60s, actually the 50s, right, where he mm-hmm. started to now, that type of career. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've got De Niro and Pacino, but they're, they're more they're like the 60s. 60s, right? Late 60s. Late 60s, early 70s, and then on. Uh-huh. Who's out there that was that, that, I mean, Clint East was really the last one of that, mm-hmm. that breed, I think. Yeah. For sure. And, um, I mean, when we get, get into the movies, it, it, it's going to, the one, the one note that I saw that really uh, made me laugh a little bit is that uh, Connery was offered the Matrix, was offered uh, Fishburne's part in the Matrix, mm. and uh, said he didn't get it, so he turned it down. He didn't didn't understand the movie, which, you know, understandable. Yeah. Um, I watched it three times and still don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> he was also offered the role of Gandalf in, uh, in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And turned it down. That was a good move. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good move. Really? I don't think he would have pulled... He, so, one of the things with him is he doesn't do... He kind of plays a very similar character throughout his career. There are a couple highlights. Yeah. But he's um, very Harrison Fordish in that he's... he's well, he was also very bad at disguising his accent. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and he's, I mean, I love him to death, but he's not going to play Gandalf with the same sensibility that Ian McGregor did. Ian, Ian, Ian McKellen. McKellen, McGregor. <laughs> um, but McKellen? To, so, yeah, so to top off the story, though, was he was then offered... Uh, the lead of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which he did not understand, and he took he, that role. But he took it. He took that role, yeah, and of it. course, that you know movie sucked, and then that basically forced him into retirement because he just decided he he didn't understand these movies anymore and didn't want to be a part of uh, franchises and stuff like that. But yeah, um, so yeah, it turned down you know two iconic franchises uh, to his credit, which I think is pretty smart, right? Yeah. You think he would have done Gandalf well? It would have been interesting. I, I don't know. If, I, I mean, I think, you know, you can't really see Gandalf without seeing Ian McKellen at this point. But, the, I, you know, F- Fishburne was pretty iconic as Morpheus. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think I think uh, that was enough gobbledygook that would have been cool in his accent. And I don't know if he would have pulled off the uh, the leather trench coat and sunglasses like, uh, like Fishburne did. But, yeah. I just remember Fishburne being kind of fat for that role, and like they're making him jump out of uh, buildings into helicopters. And Fishburne stuff. was fat in it. I thought he was kind of fat. Huh? Kind of I never fit. thought. I thought he was just bigger, hmm. bigger than. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Yeah. Neo. Neo. 
Keanu. Keanu. We, you know, we got to do the Wick series. That'd be hilarious. You know, I'm, I'm not sure you would like that series. I, I've I've watched all the movies. I don't I I don't really get what everyone it's, freaks it's, out about. Just, I don't really get them. Violence porn. Yeah, it's just violence. Like there's nothing there's to not those a movies. Story. Yeah. They killed his dog, so he's gonna go murder 400 yeah. people. Yeah, I don't get it. So anyway, uh, so we... Let's we, set this up. Yeah, the, so the exercise that we were going to do today was just talk about our, our top five Sean Connery movies. Um, so I know, and in full disclosure, which I don't know that I've used since the first or second episode, Wade, when given an assignment like this, takes it to the fucking 400th degree. 400's a big number today. Yeah. So... I'm going to... Wade's going to give me one of his movies. He's going to tell me why, yeah. and I'm going to... I guess I'll give one too, yeah, right? Sure. And then, but I won't have near. You're you're gonna have much more detail than what I. Have. I don't know if I'm gonna have more detail, but, but so okay. yeah, I I I did but, a kind of a deep dive over the last 24 hours and ended up watching six or seven movies uh, with Sean Connery, um, just to make sure that I remembered everything right. Mm-hmm. Now of the movies, and this was something that when I started looking at what he actually created, mm-hmm. I think I'm only around. 50 to 60% of Yeah, so I definitely haven't seen everything of his. Um some movies that I that I haven't seen um on his IMDb. Yeah. Uh The Name of the Rose. I've never seen. No. Um uh Zardo's uh produced some pretty iconic photography of Connery in the banana hammock in with a gun. Uh, I I never saw that. Never saw that. Um but I saw a lot of that '90s schlock uh, stuff mm-hmm. too, like uh, Just Cause. I saw mm-hmm. one of my I favorite favorite uh, tel- uh, newspaper reviews. Well, uh, was uh, of that movie was uh, Just Cause. This movie sucks. Why? Just Cause. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so we don't have to list off all of them. I'm just, well, I guess I wanted to no, but say I, but, that but, but, we haven't seen them all. Yeah, I haven't seen them all, but This I, is an exercise because one of the, Sean Connery died, and we're just going over the top five that we've yep. seen. Yeah, right? yeah, and, and again, this isn't, and, and I don't think this... Mine's li- not in order. And my list isn't the, what I think is the best movies. These are my favorite. Right, I'm the same way. Favorite movies. there's going to be ones where you're going to be like... You're a dirty fucker. <laughs> <laughs> I know which one you're talking about. So, um, so anyway, my number five is Doctor No. Yeah. Okay. Um, Doctor No is obviously the first Bond film. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's uh, you know it just introduces you to all the you know the icon, all the iconicism of of that character. Yeah. Uh, you know he's 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 drinking his martinis, vodkas, you know, shaking, not stirred. Mm-hmm. They give you a lot of that, and it's it's you know it's it's a fun movie. I I, I, I watched it in the last twenty four hours. Rewatched it. Um, it, it again just because of what it introduces you to. Um, I think it's important, and I enjoyed it. What's the car? Is it a Jaguar? Uh, it's English. I know that they didn't go German yet. So the the Aston Martin, which is what the, is the Aston Martin, That's but well that they don't introduce that till Goldfinger. Um, he mentions that I think I think. He mentions it, it. It's kind of funny because you know they obviously didn't have a branding. He, it, when when they introduced Aston Martin, he's like, "Oh, it's not a BMW," or I, but I can't remember what it was. Um, hmm. And and they're like, "No, it's an Aston Martin," you know. And yeah. Um, so 
but yeah, it's uh, they don't you know Q's not in 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 that movie. They hadn't really got into the gadgetry, yeah. um, but it, you know it's a lot of fun that movie, Doctor No. And, and again, first first uh, Bond role. Right. So for me, um, I wasn't gonna say Doctor No. I was actually gonna say Goldfinger mm-hmm. only because it's a little more refined. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have Goldfinger higher on my list, so we can talk oh, about that. Okay. So I only have one Bond yeah. movie. Um, I just, I knew you were going to, no. um, it's just an iconic, mm-hmm. iconic, the music, the, um, they get kind of into their rhythm as far as, okay, what the formula is for Bond. Mm-hmm. And he's just so silky smooth in all of it, you know, talks and coming out of the beach and shit. I think it's him. And yeah. It's him and, uh, Ursula Andress Urs- on, yeah. the, on the, ba- on the, on the beach in Goldfinger. No, that's, yeah, that is Goldfinger. That's Goldfinger, I think. And, um. It's just a beautiful film, kind of an iconic Bond film, and really uh, what you connect the dots between Sean Connery mm-hmm. and really his start as what I would consider a first action hero, really. Yeah, for sure. So, um, two Bond ones, down. Yeah, so my, num- my number four is probably something that you would, you would have much higher, um, is The Hunt for Red October. Oh, so that's... I mean, I'm, mine are not in any order, but mm-hmm. I, Hunt for Ride October is definitely on my list because mm-hmm. he is unbelievable. Uh, again, other than he is a a, a Russian, a, a Russian dude with a Scottish accent. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and his beard is trimmed perfect, <laughs> and he's and got a pony. Hair, he's got a ponytail. His hair, even though he's completely, he does not have a ponytail. Yeah, he does. He's got a ponytail. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. In Hunt for Red October, mm-hmm. he's got a ponytail. It's, it's you know, it's short. Get out of here. I am not shitting you. I was he's wearing a wig though, right? I don't know. Yeah, because he's bald like us. It, yeah, he's wearing a wig. But he does not have a ponytail. How I, would the Russian army, I'm sorry, Navy, allow him to have have he's a captain of a submarine, he's not wearing a ponytail. He's okay, not going to grateful dead contest. I think I thought he had like a little no, he didn't. I'm looking for it. Stop it. This is a Clancy novel. He like he Fucking keeps this shit real. Again, I'm I'm just that's Zardos. That that's iconic right there, dude. <laughs> Not racing that anytime soon. So Wade just showed me him in a some kind of get up, orange get up that I've never seen before. I'm never seeing again. Uh, uh, I don't need okay, let's just agree to disagree that he had a ponytail yeah, anyway. in October. Yeah. Um interestingly enough, what did you think about Alec Baldwin's portrayal of Jack Ryan versus um Harrison Ford's, because um, I loved. I thought I thought he was really good. I mean, I I liked Harrison Ford as well, but you know, Harrison Ford brought a lot more to dad energy to it than yeah. uh, than than Alec Baldwin did. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was. I mean, it's just a great movie. I, I I it's one that I haven't seen a ton of. It's probably one that you've watched a hundred times, just knowing you and you like military stuff. And, uh-huh. Um. But I, you know, I remember being the, you know, the the shot when the subs come shooting out of the, yeah. you know, come, yeah. you know, like breaches like a well. It's just awesome, mm-hmm. and the whole thing with the, whatever the engineer and, again, none of this that I'm telling you involves Connery. Um, but again, it's just a fun movie. Um, mm-hmm. And he, yeah, again, he was he was really good as you know this Russian defector. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, just it, really pulls off that. Um, cool calm collected you can see like there's that part where there's a the guy goes torpedo in the water 
and this torpedo's running around, and he's sitting there, and he's calculating, um, I don't know, I don't know if he's just counting or what he's mm-hmm. doing, but he, you can see the intensity, and he just does it beautifully. He relieves some officer in the middle of all of it. And then they have to bank the sh- uh, boat real quick, and he just gives those orders, and you're like, holy shit, this guy knows what he's doing. Done beautifully, really. Um, I mean, as far as a... I mean, again, this is just his bravado, man. Yeah. He's just a bad motherfucker. And Quick aside, yeah. we had a lot of we had a lot of submarine movies in the '90s. Yes, we did. We I'm telling one. you, remember, I was telling you my theory about you get the Union guys yeah. there, and you're like, we got to make a couple sub movies, right? Because <laughs> they're not breaking down shop; they yeah. got to do three. So it's like Saving Private Ryan and Thin Red Line. Yeah, both so, came out at the same time. We had we had Hunt for Red October. We had the one with Denzel and Crimson Jim, Tide. Crimson Tide with, yeah, with, with Gene Hackman. And then we had he's he, another actor that's probably got yeah. that. Yeah, that's he does. A, that's a good one. U five seventy one was the that was I think a little bit later. Yeah, that's with Harrison Ford, right? Uh, I remember, for some reason, oh, Christian Slate, Christian Slater's in it. I think. I don't remember that one as much. I just remember it being out yeah. there. Which one was better, Crimson Tide or Hunt for Red October? For me, Hunt for Red October. Really? Although Crimson Tide is um, pretty good in that it smashes you in the face with this idea of how close you can get to um, war with a captain and an XO mm-hmm. coming from two different perspectives, which are both right. And mm-hmm. um, I lo- I really loved Crimson Tide. Better than Hunt for Red October? Yeah, let me finish. Oh, boy. I, I hated the way it ended in that... The whole time, Denzel and Hackman are going at it again. You know, just different perspectives. You know, you could, if you, you know, separately, you could see their rationales. Mm-hmm. But then at the very end, once Denzel like arrests him, and Gene Hackman goes on that soliloquy about how whites are better than blacks, basically, and and you and you find out that that about Hackman's the horses, yeah, that that you know, basically Hackman comes out as a racist, and it's like this move, this story didn't need that, and. I don't know that I agree with that. I don't get that. Did, is that a thing that it's racist? Well, he's talking. He he basically goes on this thing about the Lippenzoller stallions and and how they're they're uh, they're they're white. And, and and then Denzel says, "Yeah, but when they were born, they were black." And, yeah, and it's like that's not. Um, I just man, I didn't take it that way at all. I took it as he's just uh, Gene Hackman is. Character and I don't know his name in the in the in the movie is resolved to uh, okay I, we're going up to Periscope Depth to understand what's going on hmm. in the world and I'm just gonna dig this guy about horses because he knows horses now that they dug in that one was white and one was black I took I it just, as I took it as man, like overt racism I mean we're so I, fucking woke society bullshit nah, everything isn't racist I, I sometimes that. horses are just white and sometimes they're black. Mm. It was definitely a. Right. Anyway, maybe I'm naive. Yeah. I'm be the first one to admit it. Uh, so All right, so let's close out Hunt for Red October. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean Connery, pretty good. Action, awesome accent, fucking horrible. Yeah, really. And bad. if he has a ponytail, that movie's gonna knock down four or five notches. Again, it wasn't like you know down to his butt or anything. I thought it was just like one of those little like you know, absolutely not. tiny it's little. I have a ponytail. Okay. All right, so we got three down. Uh, well, yeah, that I, that was my number four was Hunt for Red October. And my number three is Goldfinger, which we we kind of already right, talked about. I already got it. Again, so what's great about this movie is, again is you know they introduced the Aston Martin. Yep. They 
they really go overboard with Q. It's the first, you know, the second movie, the second movie, which is uh, from Russia with Love. Mm-hmm. He gets some gadgets from Q, but this is the one where you know he get, the Aston Martin has an ejector seat and the the slicks and the and, and the um, you know machine guns and smoke and all that. And of course, you got you know, Pussy Galore, which is one of the great you know names in uh, yep. in movie history. I wanted you to say that, not me. The icon- the iconic. She's- scene where the jill masterson gets covered in gold yeah um just you know a lot of again iconography here that 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 has lived on forever and he's just cool as hell man he's just the unflappable and uh has you know just uh, you know the 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 what what it's also again as i was watching movies the other day you know as Obviously, as the years go on, the set pieces get a little bit bigger and a little bit more um, elaborate. And, and, you know, the last scene there is there's a lot of gunfire and going back and forth. But uh, it's got some silliness too. the whole, uh, you know, the whole army playing dead for uh, for 20 minutes while uh, Goldfinger rushes Fort Knox is is pretty ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, again, in the end, it's a. it's a good Bond film, and it's it's one of the top ones. Yeah, I agree. It, it's entertaining. My only um, comment is that um, we saw Goldfinger young, right? So we have some kind of connection to it. If I were to play it for one of my kids, especially let's say my oldest kid was twelve, mm-hmm. right? I don't think he could stay in the room for more than five minutes. See, I mean, I came upon. I didn't become a Bond film fan. You know, I was born in 75. But I didn't become a Bond film fan until probably, you know, I think I saw the Timothy Dalton one in the theaters. Mm. But it wasn't until I really became a Bond fan until college when I was when they'd have the marathons on TBS. Mm-hmm. And you'd see all these movies back to back to back. And again, it's hard to tell a lot of them apart because they're all pretty much the same. Cookie cutter. Um but the, you know, I came upon it when I was in my twenties or you know, te- late teens. Oh, I and was I, way younger. And uh, you know, so early nineties, and I enjoyed it. But yeah, I mean, the, I I could see kids now like with the driving scenes, with the with the movie playing behind them, and in the driving scenes and yeah. stuff. That it's like, yeah, I mean, take, pretty rough. Take um, you know, Casino Royale with um, Craig. Craig, right? I mean, it's night and day compared to. I mean, the action. Yeah. Is Skyfall. So crazy compared to um, where they started, and I, I just don't know that they're gonna live long. Like I don't know that because they keep doing them over. So yeah. It's just it's unfortunate. I guess. Yeah, but again, there's just something. The, the, the cheek, there's an elegance to that. The, the the cheekiness of them has has kind of gone away. You know. Um, and there's just the the kind of silliness of them. They they're not the you know the the whole oh uh, you know Bond basically talks himself into living long enough to to escape. You know in in every movie. You know in some some way. And yeah. But again, it's just how Connery was just great at it, just being kind of cool and collected, and right. you know talking to these villains and. I mean, it started a whole franchise, right? With Mission Impossible and, mm-hmm. and um, uh, Austin Powers. Austin Powers. 
gold member. Yeah. Um, what was uh, what's Damien's character that uh, Born series? Matt right? Damon, you mean? What did I say? Damien. He's not from the Omen. <sighs> Damien. These names. Yeah. Um. All right. So I think. Uh, yeah. That was number three. That was my number three. Wow. Okay. So we're tied for two. Yeah. Up on you're up on one. So number two is uh, Indiana Jones: Last Crusade. Huh. That Lo- surprises me that you say that. Yeah. I, I'm a huge Indiana Jones honk. I, I loved all those movies. Even but, the last one. But uh, to me, this is. I mean, I like. I think Raiders of the Lost Ark is my favorite one, but Indiana Jones: Last Crusade is a great movie. Yeah. I, so for me, Last Crusade is the best one. That dynamic between yeah. those two old guys, yeah. uh, Sean Connery and the the other guy that I think passed away too, and Harrison Ford, kind of in the middle of a disgruntled kid between the two of them. Unreal. Yeah. And, Unreal. And, and it's it's just and it's fun, and you know the whole thing where they're. When she's whispering in Indiana Jones's ear, and and it turns out that you know Connery's like, you know, he he's listening in, and he's like, oh, you know, and they they I can't even remember what he says, but basically it turns out that he had had sex with her too, or you know, had relations with her, yeah. with, the, with the the young German lad as well. Uh-huh. Just great, just great. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, I think Connery pulls off a real good role, but again. We like it because he's the same character, just an old grumpy guy. Uh, you right? know, he's different than Bond in this. You know, he's he's a smarter, more educated. It seems like you know he's, but he's he plays it more for laughs. You know, from the most part of it. You know, he he's kind of he's, he's kind of a bumbling, uh, you know, older professor. Right. Um, Don't take him out of his environment because he just doesn't do well. Yeah. His son is the exact opposite. Can't be, can't be locked away and. It's just good writing. Spielberg nailed it with Indiana Jones. Yeah, it was fantastic. Although we we put it on for for our kids, they they didn't connect really? with it. Really? No. no. That the movie. First, that first movie. One. Oh. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. I love Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Didn't Some of it doesn't make sense anymore, but it's it's still great. Still yeah. great. Well, I think too the other um, about like we just mentioned about. Goldfinger and, and Dr. No is those movies back then were told differently. There isn't just pounding action in your face all the time. Mm-hmm. They took time to develop the story and develop some characters and I think kids now just when they, when you get Avengers where it's all just kind of handed to you on a tray uh, I don't know that mm-hmm. they, they, they can connect. Yeah. And just one of the great movie dads in that movie. Yes. Like just you know even though he apparently wasn't there all the time, you know, but they they, they make a real connection, and you, mm-hmm. you you know you feel that you walk through with him. Yeah, right. yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So my number one. We're already at number one. I'm 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 a number one. Wow. Okay. My number one, and again, not the best, just my favorite. It's uh, another Bond film called "You Only Live Twice," oh. and not a great Bond film, but it. I, I, it's it, it's the the set piece. It's it's one of Connery's last Bond films. Actually, mm-hmm. he came back to the role. That came it, back the, to it, yep. Lazenby, La, Lazenby, and then he came back to it. Um, so this was the last one of his initial run, and this is the one where uh, the Japanese uh, have a have a 
a secret base inside of a volcano. So this is like direct, you know, this, the Austin Powers rips the most from this movie directly. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I mean, great. Yeah. Um, but the, the, <laughs> the best part of this, part, and it's so insensitive, but it, it's so goddamn funny to me is that, uh, bond, uh, uh, as part of the final plan, goes to ninja school yes. and um, um, in order to infiltrate the base, he has to become Japanese. And so they do like, they, they talk, they, they, they have a scene where they do like prosthetics on him to make him look more Asian and give him an Asian looking haircut and Asian looking brows and eyes. And it's so awful that it's great and it's it's so problematic. I'm telling you, I'm not making a comment. On it. <laughs> I'm away. I, it's so problematic that it's incredible that it exists, and it's my favorite Bond movie mm. because the, the last scene is is really great where they storm this base in the volcano. Um, but it, it, you know, and Bond's throwing sh- uh, stars, uh, ninja stars, yeah. you know, and stuff. Um, Does he have trucks? No, there's a tra- but there's a there's a just really funny training scene with him. Um, again, they didn't mean it to be funny, but watching it now, I, I just I, and it was always a really cool Bond film because of the that was the one where the it's all about space and the inspectors trying to turn um, the you know Russia and the United States against each other and. So in the first scene, like an American spacecraft is up in the space and this this other spacecraft comes up behind it and, and like eats it, yeah. you know. That was cool. Mm-hmm. That was cool. It looked like shit, but it was cool. And yeah. then, you know, then it happened later in the movie. But again, the the the, the Japanese transformation is what what uh, what I remember most. I'm sure I'm, I'm going to have to watch that one again. Yeah, it's, again, problematic all across the board, but that it exists and that it happened and that they treated it with such sincerity kudos it does sound amazing kudos so there's a there's a couple of movies that aren't on my list that i'm sure that you have on your list and i'm and i'm going to tell you why they're not on my list so well so we connected on what two or three goldfinger uh, and hunt for red october did you you didn't have indiana jones on your list i did not hmm. um i mean maybe i did i guess i didn't i didn't plot it out this way so i have two more that i'll, I'll throw out there and one maybe honorable mention um, so you know this one's gonna be on here is The Rock. See, The Rock was a fucking terrible movie. Yes, and but it's awesome. <laughs> what do you mean? And, They're and, blowing shit up. And beyond that, Alcatraz. Beyond that, it's not really a Sean Connery movie to me. Like, Why not? it's a Nicolas Cage movie. Like, it, Connery's not a Connery's big, the big. He's not a big part of the movie to me. He is. What do you mean? He's not. It's two leads. Mm. It's and then Ed Harris is like the supporting yeah. actor. No. Yeah, I mean he's in it. He's the main character. You don't think he's a main character? I don't know. I, I hated that movie. I why, thought it was, why did you hate it? I, I, I hated the, the 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 military dudes who are like when 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 Nicolas Cage is like blowing people up and going like be all you can be and stuff like that. Or no 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 it's one of the one of the military dudes who like tries to kill somebody and he's like, Yeah, Major, we're gonna be all we can be. And it's yeah. and it's like it's so bad. Yeah, that, I mean, it's the same as Bond. I don't understand nah. why one can get away with it and the other one no, can't. No, man, it was 
terrible. All right. Terrible um, movie. I mean, there's some great lines from that movie that are used still to this day. The, you know, the scene with the where he's calling off the F16s or whatever with the flares. I mean, yeah. it looks awesome. Right. I, I get it. Isn't it a Bruckenheimer? It was Bruckenheimer, Michael Bay, one of them. Yeah, it's it's, I mean, it's yeah. so fucking He's a badass. He's like a former SIS agent and was cat because he knew who killed Kennedy. They kept him locked up. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. No? I mean, I can, I, I know a lot of people like the movie. I just... I, yeah, no, I thought he was awesome. It wasn't my favorite. Um, so, one movie that I don't think you would add on here, but I love it because of its historical meaning. Uh, is a bridge too far, and he Sean Connery's a general. He's not the main character in it. It's an ensemble cast. Never saw it. How many parts and pieces are going on? Um, it has to do with World War II and Market Garden, and how uh, between the British and the Americans, they want to make a push into um, certain areas uh, around Germany, and so they come up with this elaborate scheme of dropping paratroopers behind enemy lines and then pushing tanks through columns on these roadways. And uh, he's a general, and I forgot his name. It'll come to me. He um, he's one of the, he's leading a British contingency uh, behind enemy lines, and he has to hold this town. Huh. Shocking and, that it was a British contingency. Yeah, I guess. Mm. Um, and there's this one scene where he's talking with some French or Danish or whoever folks and. A German guy's walking in the window. He just whips out his pistol. Bang, bang. Takes him out. He does get snuck out. He leaves his men uh, because he has to get in with the commanders and understand when um, reserves are coming. And actually, no reserves are coming in. He does a real nice job. The whole, I mean, you got to watch it. You gotta when see was this it. movie made? Oh, I want to say 76 or 77. Hmm. Um, so he was probably... Uh, you know, his 40s, maybe in his late 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, a huge cast. Anthony Hopkins is in it. Michael Caine is in it. Hmm. Um, 77. Major um, General Urquhart. There you go. He, um, I don't know, he just does a, the whole, the whole story is just Sir Lawrence Olivier. Amazing. The whole story is just amazing. Hmm. Um, and uh, it ends up, fall, we end up, the Allies end up falling flat on their face. Um, the Germans repel the attack. Gene Hackman's in it. Gene Hackman's a Polish general in it, hmm. which is pretty cool. So uh, Sabowski. Yeah. Um, so we're hmm. seeing, uh, again, not specific to him. It's just one of those roles where you take because the movie has meaning. I don't okay. think the movie made any money. It's just they did it because hmm. they wanted to tell a good story. Sean Connery is also in The Longest Day. He's a private mm-hmm. that black and white movie, um, which I thought was kind of cool. I think that closes out my five, other than I probably have some honorable mentions that we could probably go through that I'm sure you have as well. So, I had never seen The Untouchables. Yeah, that's a good movie. I So, I watched it today. Yeah, what'd you think? And I gotta tell you, that movie's fucking garbage. Oh, yeah? Why? It was terrible. Why? Okay, I, I he won an Academy Award for it, which mm-hmm. mm, I looked at the rest of the nominees, and I guess I get it. I never, I actually never seen any of the other movies. Um, he was okay in it, and maybe I'm too harsh. It wasn't garbage, but 
the it was like it's Brian De Palma who uh-huh. who's done you know other movies he did Scarface and a couple, yeah. and um it, it's, it's edited so poorly and right. and the score is really really weird it's kind of like this sweeping orchestral score it's Elliot Ness music Crime Stopper music it's not even it's oh, it's it more was. it's and then. I don't know. Like I like it seemed like everything was played up for kind of like maximum impact and it it just it's I had a really hard time being that it is a piece of history. It it seemed like it was way over dramatized. No argument there. Like the, like the last courtroom scene uh you know when when he <laughs> the they exchange juries. They they exchange the jury and 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 Costner, uh, then the, like El, uh, Capone's uh, lawyer, like basically says, "No, we're changing it to guilty," and and like that's gonna stick. Yeah, come on. I mean, that's not that's not what happened. One and I mean, two, that would never stick. Like, see, if, but if, you're if, criticizing the movie if, now, not necessarily Connery. Uh, uh, again, performance, I'm right? talking. I, what I said was yeah. the movie's garbage. I mean, De Niro beats the shit out of one of his yeah with a baseball bat. With a baseball bat. I mean, Saw it coming a mile away, but yeah. How could you not? <laughs> yeah. He's walking around the fucking bat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, way to go, Colombo. You figured out the mystery. I just, I, he's got. There's that crazy line where he tells them they bring. Uh, they bring a knife. Knife to a gun. You br- they bring you a knife. You bring, bring a gun. A gun they, right? they 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 put one of your men in the mo- in the hospital. You, you put one of their men in the morgue. morgue. Yeah, and that's pretty iconic, right? Yeah. And then there's that other scene where he tells, uh, just like, a, and excuse me, but I'm just quoting the line. He goes, "Just like a wop, he brings a knife to a gunfight." Yeah. And then he gets blasted. Yeah, yeah. That was that was the other thing. It was kind of again another problematic movie. There were a lot of wop talk and, and yeah. dagos and. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So I thought, you know, it's not maybe the best movie, but Sean, I mean, he does do a good job. I, I thought he's he was kind of the good fella. He's the dark horse. He's yeah. But I, I thought Costner was not very good in it. And and again, I don't think he was nominated for anything. But like the the one scene where he gets up, they, it's after they're doing the thing with the Canadian Mounties, and the one guy doesn't drop his gun, and like Costner like freaks out after he has to shoot the guy, and he's like, "What is this? Some sort of game?" And he's like. You know, he's kind of like overacting, and he sits down, and he's all huffing and puffing. I it didn't it, like it. Just, the, it didn't connect at all. Well, Costner kind of does that multiple times, right? He he has. So, if you notice, a lot of those actors rely on the same kind of humanity. Like, <laughs> I'm really upset that I had to shoot you in <laughs> game, and he has the same kind of thing in Bull Durham, where he's like, oh, I can't believe I'm hurt again or whatever. Yeah. Um, Brad Pitt kind of does the same thing too, where he does these similar physical things, hmm. which I think they think they're acting, but if you compare a couple movies, they're doing the exact same fucking thing. Hmm. And I think, I don't know, it's a hard, depends hmm. what you're doing, right? Are you just yeah. untouchables you knew was going to make money because it's a story about Capone and. Yeah. So they're just. But get then, it done, get it out there, make some money. And then again, so the the last scene that I'm just gonna mention, just because at the very end, after the 
Capone's lawyer changes his plea, and apparently that sticks. Like it, you know, even though obviously Capone doesn't agree they with, you know, that that he's going to change the plea. Um, you know, Costner like gets in he, he gets in Capone's face, and he he's like, the game is you know you got to play the game till the end, and I, I really like it. Just it 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 was. I don't know. It just didn't make. It just didn't land at all. And then he. And then he. He basically is quoting Connery there, saying, "You know, that's the the lesson endeth, or something like that." And yeah, I, it just. It, it seemed like it, they just really wanted this like overly dramatic ending. And, and again, he, he. And you know, he never says he wants to break the law. And yeah, he crosses the line and throws the one guy off the building at the end. And mm-hmm. uh, just. And again, that obviously didn't happen. I don't think Elliot Ness threw anything anybody off. No, I mean I think they take l- great liberties in all of this. If you read a little bit about that whole thing, it wasn't even. Yeah. I mean, there was violence in Chicago, but it was much more between gangs and stuff, not between police officers and stuff. And and the other this thing was all a paper book thing. Everyone loves that shootout in the in the subway or the train train mm-hmm. station, you know, and. They definitely did a good job of building up the the anxiety with the baby, and, and but I don't know. I I didn't need that baby to get shot or get shot at. Like I just I I didn't need that to be part. It, like it just seemed like we're we're gonna add this baby slowly going down these stairs yeah, just that's, that's just awesome. to amp no, just to amp up your anxiety. Garcia is laying there on the ground. Yeah. And he, you got him. Yep. Got him. Cool. Take him. That was <gasps> cool. And that's like so fucking. I, I didn't. I didn't need. A, I didn't need a baby to be in peril to feel the. To feel the. Uh, I'm telling you, man. The importance got, of that scene. You have this weird romantic thing. If the girl, if the movie doesn't touch your leg on the first date, you walk out. <laughs> I'm serious, dude. How do you not love this movie? It's so great. It's so uh, everything else we've talked about, and then. I, 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 I was think it's Costner. You don't like Kevin I was Costner. so mad I spent four bucks to rent that movie. I had never seen it before today and I, I rented it and watched it and because and, again, like when you look at his IMDB, that's the that's the number one movie in his IMDB is the Untouchables. Really? Yeah. For Sean Connery? Mm-hmm. Well, because he won the Academy yeah. Award, right? Yeah. Um, but that's that's crazy. I mean, how is it not ten Bond movies through yeah. all how many of them he did? Yeah. Seven number one, six. Untouchables. You know, you might know him from the Untouchables. How about, um, so this is another movie, I hope you didn't rent it, but this one is near and dear to my heart. It's called Rising Sun with Wesley Snipes. Have you seen this movie? I I saw it in the theaters, I think. I took my mom. I don't (laughs) remember. Which was like bad news. I don't remember remember anything about it. Oh, it's hilarious. I mean, it's a good movie. And Connery is um, somehow connected to Japanese corporations. And um, it attacks this whole notion of Japan... In, uh, becoming an influencer in United States corporations and real mm-hmm. estate and how their traditions are so much different than ours. And there was, and the reason I'm laughing that I took my mom is there's this scene with the supermodel, and I don't know her name, uh, blonde haired. She's naked. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, my, I don't know, I was however old. I mean, I think it came out and, well, it came out in 95. Oh, I guess I was graduated from high school. Oh, no, not 95. I'm sorry. 93. 93. uh, You know, I'm staring at this beautiful supermodel half naked. And there's my my mom with me. It's kind of (laughs) weird. But 
Wesley, you know, this was when Wesley Snipes was huge, so they connected Sean Connery with mm-hmm. Wesley Snipes, and yeah, I remember seeing it, but I don't remember much about it other than yeah, it was in it was mainly set in Japan, right? No, it was in L.A., but it was a Japanese company in L.A. When an escort girl is found dead in the offices of a Japanese company in Los Angeles, yeah, detectives Webb Smith and John Connor act as liaison between the company's executives and the investigating cop Tom Graham. Who? Yeah. Tom Graham must be the bad guy, right? Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel must end up being the bad guy. Um, I, I don't even remember. I don't think he's a bad guy. Hmm. I think it, what ends up happening is um, there's spoiler alert. Um, there's a a kind of a lower tier executive hmm. and a politician or an up and coming politician. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. He's not a politician. He's like a political liaison for the company, but he's American. Mm-hmm. So these two cohorts kind of work together to conspire to turn it on this guy, this uh, son of the executive to get rid of him. And of course the dad's like, Whoa, 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 you should have done that. And it kind of hmm. turns ugly that way. But Good movie. Sean Connery's pretty good in it. Um, he's very similar in all his other roles. Very headstrong. Knows what he's doing. Has a plan that nobody else has. And so takes Wesley under his arms. And let me show you the real way. So similarly, I had a movie that I remember liking, but I I know I haven't seen since. Um, and I might have liked it for. Uh, other reasons than Sean Connery mm-hmm. um, was Entrapment with yes. with Catherine Zeta Jones. So that was like, the one you were thinking that. Yeah. 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 There was there was the scene where she's like uh, crawling the, on the floor. Yeah, she's kind of humping the floor, yeah. you know, getting over the lasers, under the lasers, and yeah, that that might have fueled some dreams for me or something <laughs> at some point. I don't know. Um, it's but, okay. But that was a very early in the Catherine Zeta Jones arc, and uh, I, I I remember enjoying it. Uh, yeah, deeply. So that seemed to happen a lot with him later on, right? Is these maybe they do that with just any great actor? They start connecting them with up and coming talent like Wesley Snipes and Kevin Costner. And mm-hmm. I don't know if Kevin Costner's up and coming by that time. He had done Dances with Wolves, which was kind of the mm-hmm. turning point for him. But I don't know. He seems to have a lot of those where he kind of takes a guy under his arms. Another one where he does that in is Highlander. Yeah, I never saw Highlander. First one's decent. Um, it's super science fiction-y, right? There's immortal men. The only way you can kill an immortal is by chopping off his head, their heads. He takes this one immortal under his arm. Uh, he protects them. The guy that plays Jaws, I think, is in it from Bond. Hmm. He's this big guy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Did you ever see Time Bandits? I did not. I just remember it having, uh, like, uh, little people in it. I did not see Time Bandits. Yeah. I, a, lot, a lot of people from our age group, you know, swear by that movie as, like, one they watched when they were kids. In it? Yeah. Yeah, he was in it. Did never remember. How about Finding Forrester? Finding Forrester. <laughs> the only thing I know about that is, you're the man now, dog. Oh, that was there. We didn't we did an impression. Yeah. Um, that's the only thing I know about it, and that's like more of a like a gif than than what I know. But I, I never saw it. It's this weird movie where he, um, you know, there's a couple interesting things about it. It has him as kind of the washed up literary genius and this up and coming 
kid that's um, going to be like a literary genius or is on the cusp of being, I guess he's the genius, but he just needs some guidance on how to take it to the next level. Hmm. And there's a couple interesting things in it and they write it pretty well where they, this guy kind of calls, I'll never forget this scene. He calls out this kid for not being super smart. And he talks to him about his BMW and he points to the, you know, he goes, you know what this thing is? And he's pointing to the branding of the BMW. And the guy's like, no, what? And he goes, yeah, that's a propeller for when they used to drop bombs on Jews. And, and so he's basically pointing out to this guy that his BMW comes from a company that used to be part of the Nazi organization. And you're like, you hear that, and you're like, whoa, yeah, you know, that's crazy. And then there's this other scene where it's one of these wacky movies where Sean Connery and this kid build a relationship, but then when the kid wants something really important from him, from Sean Connery, he backs off and goes, oh, no, I can't do that. And then there's this dramatic 20 minutes where they're kind of like, oh, what's going to happen? And then he finally does do it, and then... This is cool scene where he walks into the classroom and he's going to write or he's going to read this paper and he's sitting there and everybody's like staring at him. He goes, yeah, 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 I'm that one. And he points up to all these literary people around the room and he goes, yeah, that one's me. And it just sits with you. I just, it, I thought it was kind of a neat, hmm. I thought that movie, Finding Forrester was pretty good hmm. when I think back on it. Yeah. It's worth a watch. Hmm. Worth a watch. But yeah, I guess it'll be interesting. I, you know, I think his he's going to be known for Bond more more than anything. Not Dragonheart, <laughs> Draco. I actually remember liking that movie, but I don't think I saw it more than once or twice. Um, I also, yeah, I saw The Medicine Man, but I again don't remember much about it. Um, just now looking through it. How about Russia House? Do you remember that? I, that was another one where he had he took a young uh, young Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, but I uh, didn't. Uh, I, I again, I think I've seen these movies, but again, not much of an impression on he me. He did the same thing with the Presidio. Presidio, I remember liking, and again, I don't remember much about it. Mm-hmm. But I I remember seeing that, thinking that was a good movie. But how about Family Business with uh, Dustin Hoffman and uh... Matthew Broderick? Ferris Bueller, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't remember anything about that one, but, hmm. but uh, yeah. So I again, you know, I think in the end, you know, Bond's gonna rule the day for him. And again, watching those, there are some uh, problematic stuff. You know, him slapping women here and there, and and being very misogynistic. And, um, but that's what Bond was at the time. And uh, yeah, I, don't I don't know, know how you know. Yeah, we can't really. Uh, it's it's not kind of, I guess, unfair to to judge it against today's standards. But mm-hmm. um, rest so, in peace, Sean Connery. Yeah, he was done though. He retired, right? He yeah, he hadn't made a movie in since I, I think Leave, Leave, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was one of his last movies, and that was two thousand three or four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two thousand. He'd done some video game stuff, yeah, but one one game. Uh, Where's James Bond? <laughs> but uh, yeah, two 
2000 League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was his last like big movie. And that was 2003. So yeah, he hadn't done much in seven, 17 years, but you know, of course he was 73 at the time and Did not, he ever do anything Shakespearean like Macbeth or uh, not that was on his IMDb at least from Bond on. I didn't, uh, but I'm sure he so did. With that commanding voice and that presence, it'd be good to hear him yeah. reading Shakespeare. It'd be kind of cool. But okay. um, so I think next, I think we've got Sean Connery covered. covered. Mm-hmm. Um, next, we should probably do the rating system. Yeah. Bring a couple movies and and land them on a scale that we can then appropriate to other movies. Um, we have a couple interviews getting lined up. So, um, I think when we do the ratings, yeah, it'll be. I mean, we don't need to do a top five, but I think you know we need to talk about what our favorite movies are of all yeah, time. Yeah, I agree. I think um, because they're very different, mm-hmm. but then also I think kind of the same, which is mm-hmm. um, going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, but. I think we got to tackle that rating system because we got before we start doing any yeah. more movies, we got to. Um, but other than that, I think uh, that's a wrap on the Sean Connery uh, episode. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Stay safe. Be safe. Bye. Bye. That concludes the show. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'd love to get your support and your opinion of the podcast. So please subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Deep Shots Pod and on Facebook, Deep Shots Podcasts. Email your comments, opinions, and future show suggestions at deepshotspod at gmail.com. Stay safe. Much love. Bye.